Hi everyone, this is Spiritual Jada from the Words of Wisdom podcast show. Hope everyone is doing well. So today we have a very special guest. His name is Sean Bennett and he's an actor slash author um, slash media personality television host. He wears many hats. Plus, he has been in Falling Water, the show Worst Cooks in America, and Beautiful Mind. So, hi, Sean. How are you? Please introduce yourself. I'm awesome, Spiritual Jada. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, um, introduce yourself to the viewers. All right, all right, all right. So, my name is Sean Bennett. Um, if you guys don't know me, feel free to check out my website, uh, which has a P in it. So, it's SeanPBennett.com. And, uh, hey, I'm always looking for more friends on social media. So, anybody who wants to add me, I always add back. So, we can be BFFs on social media. All the widgets are on my website. A little bit about me. Um, I grew up in a small uh, rural town in Florida. And then I moved to New York about 20 years ago, where I... You know, had the dream of being an actor, and slowly but surely, you know, that's coming true. You know, starting with regular roles and all my children and one life to live, uh, to getting my SAG card in the movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, um, to working on Food Network as both a host and then also on the uh, reality show Worst Cooks in America. Um, then along the way, I've done a lot of media spokesperson work for different companies. And while traveling, I mean, you know, I grew up poor. <laughs> so I didn't even know there was a concierge lounge. I figured, you know, first class, I'm like, no, I'm lucky if I wind up in the luggage department of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, along the way, people were like, oh, if you sign up for these perks, you can actually get it for free. I'm like, free is for me, yo. And then that led to my book, which is Luxury Seals and Deals. Like all the stuff I learned about how to work the system more or less to get you know perks on luxury items that i actually had thought growing up you know uh shopping at walmart sales i wasn't gonna get <laughs> you know i was happy with the dollar store but now i'm happier you know sitting and getting free champagne and wine on an international flight you know in first class <laughs> right so that's just a little bit of some of the highlights of uh where i've been well i think that's absolutely great because most of my interviews with like actors, big time actors like yourself, um, directors, a lot of them don't mention um, basically like, hey, I grew up poor. You know, a lot of people think you basically was born with a silver spoon in your mouth. So that was actually excellent that you was able to tell the viewers like, hey, I started out just like the regular person, you know. Um, also, so basically how did you get involved in acting like what was the first step because i know a lot of people want to know like the groundwork sure um it was something i always wanted to do even as a little kid i mean my mom you know said even in a high chair i would uh imitate you know like reruns of the sunny and share show like i guess taking turns being both characters which probably scared my parents but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know a little baby going, Ooh! <laughs> so i don't know you know um, and, and so I guess very early on, and then I remember as a nine-year-old or so performing in my neighborhood with kids in my neighborhood, and then that led to going to a high school of performing arts, and then that led to getting into uh, New York University's Tisch program on a scholarship because wow, being Poe, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then falling in love with New York and deciding you know to make it a go and to stay here and to, to pursue my dream. Perfect, perfect. So, um, basically, how many films have you been in? 
I know um, I did a little research, but have you been in any more films that I already mentioned? Yeah, I've been in probably like about 50 different projects. I mean, it's all on IMDb. And then, you know, funny enough, I just shot a scene as like a snooty sommelier for a new Netflix show. But what's funny is it's called The Untitled Art Project. So I don't have a title to tell you because it's not titled yet. Right, so, right, right. Um, I'm working on something coming up on Netflix in the near future. Um, that's what I'm working on. And also I'm working on a... Uh, voiceover for a cool tour about kind of, you know, the crimes of the past against indigenous people and African-Americans in Florida. My uh, associate, a friend of mine in Florida is starting karma tours in Orlando, Florida for people who want something off the beaten path other than Disney World. So I'm going to be kind of like the voice of their tour. So those are two things I've been doing. Last week was Netflix. This week is the voiceover and then a bunch of other little stuff people may or may not have caught in the past. Absolutely. That sounds great. That sounds great. So what are your strong points as an actor? You know, I think one of the best things you can do is really be aware of yourself. The more you know about yourself, I think the better actor you can be. Um, some people are just amazing. Like I think Christian Bell, Meryl Streep, they're very transformative actors. Absolutely. Then, right? You know, and then you have other people who are just good at being one character, but they're multimillionaires from it. Say Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts. You know, <laughs> you, you just know what to expect in every film, but that's a talent as well because you're able to just immerse in a situation even if they're not fully transformed, you know? So, uh, and I've had friends, you know, uh, one I'm thinking of in particular, uh, great woman. Um, but she's more of a best friend and she always wanted to be like the sexy siren. I mean, and let's face it, there's a lot of competition. So no matter how hot you are, unless, you know, you're melting people as you walk by on the street, it's very hard to get those roles, you know? <laughs> and I think because she wanted to be something other than what she should have went for, she's gotten less work than she could get. And I think that happens with a lot of people. Like, you know, I may want to have, you know, biceps bigger than Arnold, but I don't. So I'm not going to audition for the bodybuilder. It's just retarded. <laughs> you know, or like nuts, you know, to choose a more accurate word that's not offensive to people. So anyhow, um, as far as my forte, I tend to be funny naturally. I tend to have a pretty, hopefully, decent personality. And I tend to be a little bit, sometimes, it's easy for me to be larger than life. So that translates to the crazy uncle, um, the person who stands out, the obnoxious guy, um, the person who interrupts, uh, the person who's the rebel, and also the host, where it's like, hey guys, we're doing this, come with me, let's go for it. So those are kind of my forte, and all that is just kind of knowing yourself. And then, of course, the bigger you build your brain, and then the more you can play with it and be more malleable and take, you know, dips and adventures into things that are maybe a little more foreign to your own personality. Okay, perfect, perfect. So what do you believe is your biggest achievement in the field of acting? You know, I think just getting work regularly because so many times, I think one of the worst things you can ask an actor, which a lot of people do is, um, would I recognize you from anything? Are you in anything, you know, I know? First of all, I'm like, who the hell are you? I don't know what you watch. <laughs> you know? And then secondly, it's like, are you the CEO of your company? Oh, how sad. <laughs> you know, it's, really, it's really sad. So many people do it, and I don't think they mean to be horrendous, but it's horrendous. <laughs> you know? 
I love your sense of humor. Totally. Yeah, I love it. You. you know, so I view it as like in the acting world, I'm a secretary. I get up, you know, I talk to Dan Leonard, I go home. So I'm not the CEO, but I mean, hey, I'm ready, I'm willing, I want to be. But, you know, it's like little baby steps. So I think my biggest accomplishment is just being able to work in a myriad of different areas from, you know, taking my personality and let, figuring out I can do trade shows live and be a spokesperson for General Motors. I can also do that on VH1. I could use my personality to do a reality show like, you know, Worst Cooks. At the same time, I can use my acting to do something on Discovery Channel or to be on TLC or to be on ABC, CBS, the soap operas, you know, etc. And then I've gotten to work with a lot of celebrities along the way as well which is always kind of interesting and fun. Right, right. It sounds like you wear many hats. You're very versatile, which is great because I do I do a little acting myself and um, I know a few people and a few people, they just stick to one role. And I just feel like when you're acting, you just have to open yourself up, you know, just to, you know, because that's where the opportunities come. I mean, don't get it wrong. Like you just mentioned, a lot of people are very excellent and just playing that one role. But I believe you should open yourself up. So I definitely loved your answer. Um, also, is it true that you have to basically change yourself in order to be accepted into the entertainment world? You know, it's it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of levels because, again, a lot of times, you know, because even you mentioned, you know, Silver Spoon and so forth, where it seems like a lot of actors came from. Well, there's good reason because a lot of people who are famous are connected. I mean, it certainly helps, you know, to be related to somebody in any industry, you know, or to be, you know, the brother or friend of somebody or go to school with somebody. And, of course, it's going to help you along the way. So a, a big part of the industry is marketing and getting into the door and getting to know the right people. So as far as changing yourself, I think it's more about being able to present to casting directors and agents something they know to sell. Because at the end of the day, you're the product. So if you were selling Coca-Cola and you couldn't describe it to somebody and you couldn't, you know, have a nice label on it or coloring, people wouldn't know what to do with it. So it's the same thing about yourself. So I think it's basically being able to brand yourself more so than change yourself and to know what your brand is. Perfect, perfect. Excellent answer. Um, also, what is something that you wish you knew when you first started as an actor compared to now? Um, oh, good question. I, it's going to make me think. Uh, normally <laughs> I have to prattle on. I so rarely actually turn on my brain. The mouth is always going. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> what do I wish I knew? Um, I guess just maybe to have a stronger sense of what type of roles I want to do, what I'm good at, and not taking things personal. And to try to really, you know, because it also happened for me, both with some of the spiritual practices I do, and also with age. A lot of, like, the nervousness I used to have, and a lot of the worry, like, oh, I have to get this. Now, granted, if it's a big enough role, or it's a huge opportunity, I'm sure those, you know, things can resurface. It's not like I'm 100% away from it. But now, I think I'm much more assured in myself that you realize you can't control somebody else's reaction to you. You know, my mama may think I'm beautiful, 
but somebody else may not. And I'm not going to change their mind, <laughs> you know. Um, so, therefore, when you go into an audition or if you go in to meet with somebody, to just enjoy the process without having the expectation that it has to go somewhere. Because whether they like you, they sign you, they don't, they cast you, they don't, uh, you never know where it's going to go. I remember one of my first opportunities. I mean, I wanted it so bad. It was when Carson um, Daly was doing the countdown on MTV and they had a search out of thousands of people for a DJ. And I made it to the final couple and then I actually won a spot and then they didn't air that damn show and it was so wow. upset. Yeah, but then about a week or two later, one of the casting people involved put me on VH1 hosting a segment on a show they were doing. So they remembered. So you just never know how things are going to work itself out. So the more you can like detach and let go, and also too, everything is energy. So if you go in, almost even say on a date, if you know, I'm sure Spiritual Jada, like if some guy's nagging on you and he's like desperate for you, you're probably like, no. Yeah. So it's, right? <laughs> So it's the same thing, I'm sure, if I go in and I'm all like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, I need this roll, I need this roll, they're probably like, eh, not so much, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, you can control that, right? you know, um, the more you just let go, and, you know, or try your best to. I think that was great advice. I believe that advice is very healthy, especially just with everyday living. I absolutely believe that. Um, also, if you could choose what three actors would you really want to work with? Oh, that's great. Oh, let's see. Who would I like to work with? Um, I think it would be fun to work with uh, Will Ferrell. Wow, he's funny. <laughs> he's very funny, and I'm crazy. I'd love to be like, I don't know, his elfin brother in Elf 2, The Revenge or something. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think it would be like super fun and off the charts. I would have loved to have worked with Robin Williams as well, but what can you do? Um... Who else would I like to work with? I would like another chance to work with Whoopi Goldberg because I pissed her off when I worked with her. And I'll tell you Are what you happened. serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, because I love Whoopi. Um, but I booked a commercial role for her show that only lasted about six months or so on NBC called Whoopi. Anyhow, um, the premise was that I'm a crazed fan. So they're like, just go in and go crazy. So I did, but she didn't know what I was going to do. So I was grabbing on her going, what the Yeah, she's pretty badass. Excuse my French. No, <laughs> I really do like I her. Like I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. 
what haven't I have asked you? So do you believe that you have matured as an actor as the years went by, especially with all the different roles and the many hats that you do wear? Yes. I don't know if I've matured as a person, but I think I have as an actor. Um, meaning, you know, a lot of like the letting go and the trying to just be in the moment and it is what it is um, type of philosophy, I think is very helpful in booking things and staying sane and moving ahead. Also, uh, luckily, most guys age really badly. <laughs> so for me, because I think I'm aging kind of okay. So that leads, you know, for indie films and everything being considered for a lead, whereas before, I guess I was somewhere across between Mario Canto and Ryan Reynolds, so they didn't know if they wanted to laugh or if they wanted to, you know, maybe have me take off my shirt or just go home. And now that I'm getting older, they're like, oh, okay, most guys your age look worse, so you've graduated, so we, we know what to do with you. So for that reason, I think I have um, kind of uh, matured into a new area in my career. Perfect, perfect. So, um... Tell us a few things that you have learned from your senior actors. I know a lot of people say they learn patience, certain things. So I just thought this would be a great question to ask you. Sure. Uh, acting, I, you know, everybody sees reality TV, I think, these days. And so many people just, you know, see the final result of being on a red carpet and getting money and then the Instagram followers and the lifestyle but they don't really see the work. Now, first of all, I think one of the hardest things is getting in the door. So I don't think the work is as hard as getting the top auditions, to be honest, because a lot of that is who you know, who your agents are, who's getting you into the door. So that's one thing a lot of people may not be aware of. Another thing that you know I've realized being on sets, it's usually a 12 to a 15 hour day. So it's a very you know long day on any set. So it takes a lot of stamina. Um, often you're only shooting one page per day, um, especially on most movies or episodics, unless it's, you know, soap operas, we're doing a lot more, but those largely don't exist and don't exist in New York at all. Anyhow, it's a very long committed process and really you're working around a bunch of like guys, guys from Queens who are the crew. So a lot of people may or may not think you're great or laugh at what you do. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. So you're really just doing your craft on a 15 hour day and doing very little of it per day. So it's a job, you know, like everything else. And I think, you know, just from watching the people who do it and do it well, I've just really learned that it is about endurance, patience, the long haul. And most of the people who are successful as well, create their own opportunities. I mean, that's why you'll see most actors have their own production company, because no matter how big you are, they may not want to cast you in a certain role. Uh, they may not want to give a woman because we still have a biased society of a certain age. Absolutely. You know, or, Absolutely. You know. I totally so agree. A lot of times you have to create, like you did, your own opportunities, you know? And the more you find new opportunities, create your own opportunities, and put yourself out there, the more you can continue working. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. A hundred percent. Totally. So let's basically switch over a little bit because like I stated, he wears many hats. Um, so let's just get more in depth about, you know, your author capabilities. So when did you first realize um, you wanted to be a writer? You know, 
Well, funny enough, in second grade, I wrote a paper where my teacher thought my parents had helped me write the paper because it seemed beyond my years, I guess. So they called him in. And then it's very funny because my family's kind of like family guy and I'm Stewie. So they were like, we don't like this. We don't even know where he came from, you know? And I'm like, hey, thank you, mother. Pass the tea. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I guess I could trace it all the way back to then. And then later on, I never really thought about writing a book, but doing the car spokesperson work in media for, it started with Scion, a division of Toyota, and now with General Motors and Chevrolet. On the road, I would get upgraded to like a suite at the hotel. I would get upgraded to first class on the plane after other people kind of told me the process of, you know, signing up for the rewards points and the different programs. And at one point, one of the girls I was working with named Pega said, you should write a book. And I looked at her, I was like, about what? And she's like, about all these deals that you get. And I'm like, hmm. So that was really the beginning of the thought of, of writing the book. And then other deals followed. I mean, for instance, you know, the biggest deal I have, and I'll share with your audience, there's a program. Are you in New York's um, spiritual data? Yes, I'm actually stationed in Manhattan. Awesome. Me too. Um, I have a great deal. I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a program and there's many different deals. And this is at the end of my first chapter, but it's the biggest deal. It's called 80-20 housing. So 80% of the building in a luxury housing program. So basically my building management company is named Related Management. Uh, they own Equinox. Uh, so they're very big and all the buildings are new and shiny and the windows are retail usually about $4,000 a month in apartment. So the 80-20 means 80% of the people in the building pay full price, 20% do not. So a lot of times they fill these apartment slots with artists because they want people who kind of look like the people paying full price um, and they assign you uh, into the building or a lot into the building according to income. Each building is different anywhere from making say $25,000 a year up to even now $75,000 depending on the program, the price of the rent, where the location is, what they need to fill. And once you get into the apartment, you're locked in for up to 30 years or longer at a rent control rate. So essentially, I got into, at the time, 15 years ago, my one bedroom in Chelsea with a washer dryer in my bathroom, gym downstairs, which now with COVID, I'm like, what, what? Because I can take off a damn mask and be in there by myself, so it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you have a furnished roof deck as well for the building, so I can keep my little uh, 1980s crisp tan skin all summer long as well. I got in 15 years ago when it was 3800 a month for a little over 500 a month. And now 15 years later, I'm at 800 a month and the retail is 4300 a month. So there's amazing deals to be had, especially in an overpriced city like Manhattan. And that's one of the things that I cover in my book as well. I'm definitely going to purchase that book today. So... Oh, God, thank you, and I'll take your dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, also, what are some common traps for aspiring writers? I'm, I'm off the as well. So, and it looks like your book is doing very, very well. So, I just wanted to get some tips for myself and anybody else who's thinking about becoming to write. Sure. I think it's almost like acting. You need to know what you're good at, you know, and um, and write about something you know. Now, I know a lot of times people might make up a whole story, but they're really into the genre. So if you really know science fiction or you're really into science fiction, I'm sure you can write science fiction. But if you've never read science fiction, maybe you shouldn't write it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
you know, and the same thing too. Like if you're really a history buff, yes, maybe you can write from, you know, the perspective of somebody in 1522. But if you've never read about anybody in 1522, don't write about 1522. Also, don't spend a lot of money. There's a lot of ways to either get a publisher or even self-publish where it's print on demand, where you don't need to have a warehouse full of books. I have a friend who wrote a book. He had an agent um, and it did well. And so he decided for a second book not to use an agent and to self-publish. But he published, you know, self-published thousands of books and he had U-Hauls filled with them because nobody bought the second book. You never know. So I would say, you know, make sure that it's not going to cost you anything. And then it can just be another way to market yourself to the world. Absolutely. Um, Just to piggyback off of what you said, um, I am self-publishing as well. But I noticed a lot of people... They're like, oh, you self-publish? Oh, okay, that's not real. You don't have a traditional publisher. And I'm like, wow, like, some people, their train of thought is really, really absurd. Like, I believe self-publishing is just as much as a traditional publisher, you know? But, yeah, yeah you know, we just have that, those type of people. Like, you know, like, any type of work to me is wonderful because you put your you know sweat and tears into that so it doesn't really matter if it's you have an agent or you're selling it through Amazon or Barnes and Nobles it's just the the whole the whole scope of it the fact that you sat down and you worked hard to make that dream come true so well and everything's changing too I mean what might have been a rule like 20 years ago I mean Look, I mean, nobody needs cable anymore. I mean, you know, now everything's like streaming. Now, ever since, you know, the whole pandemic, uh, I didn't even know what Zillow was. And now I'm like on it all the time, you know? And, <laughs> uh, I'm like, all right, I knew Skype. And I was like, okay, who knew? There's more. And their stock is like through the roof, of course. And people are homeschooling. So the world keeps changing. You know, podcasts are bigger than ever before. Streaming is bigger than ever before. So I think self-publishing is almost one of those things that may be discredited because it's new but let me tell you something if you sell a million books uh, self-published those agents are going to come knock on your door (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) absolutely i totally totally agree with that um so let's talk more about your book luxury steals and deals um so everyone i definitely did some research on it and it's basically an easy guide to the good life So I definitely want to pick that up because all of us, we all need a little bit direction when it comes to certain things that we want to do. So um, can you spill a couple of secrets that we can learn from your book? Sure. Um, For instance, you know, when I first moved to New York, money was limited. And I always had like, you know, in the front of my mouth, like a one tooth, even though I had braces that still looked like kind of like a fang. So I was like a half committed vampire now that it's the Halloween. (laughs) And so I wanted to get the tooth corrected, but I didn't want to spend a couple grand. So it turns out different places like New York University's medical school program and school of dentistry they will often have one of their students in the final years and they're supervised perform different procedures at a fraction of the price so essentially i got that thing corrected for 200 bucks instead of 2000 wow yes and what's good it's not like you know i was experimenting with some you know hungover kid who was 17 you know you get to meet who you're 
prospective doctor is. And the young lady I met was already a dentist in Venezuela. She just wanted to become more of a cosmetic dentist, which didn't really exist in Venezuela for the rich Venezuelans. So that's why she was studying here at NYU. So the person who actually put the cap on my tooth was a certified dentist, just in a different country. And she just wanted to be able to go back and make buco buccos. So I'm like, well, why not? I don't blame her. And I got the tooth done for a fraction of the price. So things like that that people may not consider are all around us. Wow. So was she like pretty good? Like, was her she work was awesome. just oh, okay? Yeah, wow. I never lost a tooth. It's been you know they said it should last like ten years. I think I'm going into twenty. So God wow, bless. wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. So um. Can you please tell everybody your exact social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if you have any information so that way I can follow you for updates and some of the listeners as well? Sure. Let me look up my own stuff so I can tell you exactly <laughs> where I am. The short uh, part of it is if you go to SeanPBennett.com, there's links to everything. And then I have a website too, LuxurySteelsDeals.com. On Instagram, I know offhand, it's Sean P. Bennett Luxury. On Twitter, let me look at myself right now to see what I am. I think it's a luxury guy, but let's make sure. Do, 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 do. Come on. Where are we going? Um, Bennett Luxury under Facebook. You can add my page. My Twitter is active. Maybe here. One Twitter. There we go. Maybe, maybe. No. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. No, take your time. Take your time. Oh, there we go. It's right underneath my name, duh. It's okay. So it's at a luxury deal guy for Twitter. So at a luxury deal guy on Twitter. Um, Bennett, the luxury guy on Facebook, or Sean Bennett, if you really can't find it. Um, Then Sean P. Bennett Luxury on Instagram. And uh, and I think it's just Sean Bennett on LinkedIn. And that should pretty much be all of it. Okay, perfect, perfect. I definitely will take a note of everything. So lastly, what are you currently working on at the moment? I know you stated that, um, you know, you just did Netflix last week. You're doing a voiceover. But do you have any, like, upcoming projects that maybe we can look at now that's done and maybe some more books that you have coming out? You know, a new direction I started going in is actually to start doing motivational speaking. Wow. So there was a gentleman who approached me from LinkedIn, which kind of was the catalyst, and called uh, Virtual School Library, where he's a teacher. And during this whole crazy period of time we're going through, wanted to keep children inspired. Um, So he wanted me to be able to give a talk to middle school to high school students and teachers and parents as well. Uh, so that began it. So I kind of told, you know, my own story about how I went one year from being the least popular kid at one school to actually getting into a high school of performing arts and then being, you know, popular. And really the only thing that changed essentially was the audience and the kids I was around. So from being ridiculed and name called every day and beat into a pulp um, and knowing that I needed to get out of there to finding the audition to making the way out of really no choice, but also like, you know, creating it from, you know, thinking and putting it out to the universe to turning on the TV one day, finding out that, you know, two towns over, there was a new school, a new opportunity to auditioning and getting in. It helped save me both literally, mentally, physically, and every other way. And so I was able to share, you know, in more detail 
that story. And along the same time, a friend wanted to take a Tony Robbins seminar, which I did. And he's starting to launch a kids division. And my entertainment began in Florida working at Disney World. And I've done a lot of live hosting and events with kids here in New York. So um, I'm in talks with, you know, being connected with them for their new kids division. And uh, it just seems like an exciting new area to move into. So that's one of the areas to look for next. Wow, perfect. It sounds like you have a hell of a lot of stuff that you're doing. Um, But the show has come to an end, and it's a pleasure meeting you and having you on the show. Um, I got to know so much about you. I definitely will be looking for you. I just want to wish you the best with all your endeavors. I can't wait to take a look at any upcoming movies. I'm definitely going to take a look at Falling Water. Um after I get off the, after we get off, I'm definitely going to try to take a look at that, you know, because I don't have anything to watch tonight. So I might as well do some investigating and see what I can find with you on there. So, there you go. yep. So I'm just so happy that you was able to make time to be on the show and everybody else. I hope you was able to take a note of the account of all his social media. You know that you know, I don't really say too much on most of my podcast shows. I just let everyone take the floor. But I really enjoyed myself and I really was laughing a lot. I really enjoyed myself. So I just wanted to let you know that. Ditto. Um, thank you so much for this opportunity and thank you uh, for everybody who was listening. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So everyone, you know what to do. You know to follow me on Twitter, Words of Wisdom 7. And you know to follow me on Instagram, spiritual underscore Jada. And you definitely can email me at spiritual.jada at gmail.com. You know, I love all the feedback. I love all the criticism. I just love everything. So I'll see you, everybody, in a couple of weeks. Peace and many blessings to you. Bye.